Hi everyone, and welcome to the 189th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hi guys. How's it going, man? Good, good. I just got done streaming, so... I've yeah, been... what'd you play? I, I started off uh, the first half... I streamed for four hours, so the first two hours was like Breath of the Wild. Started a new playthrough, because uh, I didn't know where... I had a file that was just started too, but my nephew played it, so I had no idea where it was. So I was like, you know what? Let's start a new game. Yeah. So then after that, I switched to Final Fantasy VII, which was a great major nostalgia. Yeah. So yeah. How far did you get in uh in seven, by the way? I got up to where um uh, they just left Don Cornelio's mansion and they're finding oh, out that the pillar they're yeah. des- they're trying to destroy the uh plate. Yep, yep, yep. So that's where I'm at right now. Oh man, that's so awesome. So so you're playing it on uh on Switch? Yeah. What are you I, playing on it for the stream? Uh Switch. Because I have it on oh, PS4. On Switch, okay. But I yeah. don't have it downloaded, so I just have it on the Switch. It's yeah, it's fine. Like at least like for this kind of game, like honestly, like graphics wise, it's not gonna make a difference at it's all. Not, it's like like it's I, too old. I have all the other Final Fantasy games on the Switch. The one I yeah. can't stand is Final Fantasy Nine. I love Final Fantasy Nine, but I hate how they took the mobile version and just put it on there. Yeah, yeah. I actually like playing Final Fantasy Nine on the mobile version but th- yeah there's some things that i just like i can't understand why they 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 did these things like things like the fonts and stuff like that it just don't look good but uh i would say overall uh if you if you do end up like stuck on a plane and you had to play final fantasy 9 on your phone it's actually really good on the phone cuz you know control wise you can just tap on the screen where you want your character to walk to and they'll just walk to it. And it just like, I don't know. It's at least for me, it's pretty intuitive and final fantasy nine. It's not an action game. So to me, it doesn't make that big a difference if I'm using the control stick method of movement, which is there. And you can also control, control it with a controller if you want, or just tapping on the screen. And then on top of that, when you're fighting in a battle, you can like tap through the menu and that makes perfect sense for you know a turn-based rpg so at least for me i, I like final fantasy 9 on the phone itself but i could see how that may not be the best experience on the switch uh, at least for me i've been playing a lot of dragon quest 11 still highly recommend it really great on the switch i am like 40 hours into it which as far as i can tell means i'm about like 66 percent of the way through the game about two-thirds and oh goodness it is it's really really good and it's really long but i like it so so far high recommendations from me really great if anybody wants to experience uh an old style jrpg but doesn't want to go back to actual old jrpgs uh that you know there's a lot of like quality of life issues that you might be missing this is a modern take on an old style JRPG and it is very user friendly. I highly recommend it. Very polished, very easy to play. I might pick, I think that might be the next Switch game I pick up. Yeah, it's it's super super good and just like the the other thing is like I I don't know about 
for you, Chur, but at least for me, one of the things that would always turn me off with the Dragon Quest games is I always thought they had no voice acting, but actually, for the English versions, they do have voice acting, and the voice acting is really good. That's so, good to know. Yeah, there's a there's a full dub, and actually, I think for the Switch version, they even went back and redid the ja- the Japanese dub as well. So if for some crazy reason you just decide you hate the English voice cast. There's a Japanese voice cast there that wasn't in the original release of Dragon Quest XI. They just, like, added it, <laughs> redid the whole game again for Japanese audiences as well. And, yeah, there's a lot of really great ways to uh, experience it. And then the other really nice thing about the Switch version that a lot of people complained about in the original, uh, probably the biggest thing, is the soundtrack. The soundtrack in the PS4 and Steam version, at least by default is like this really awful synthesized version but then uh for the uh switch release yeah everything is just purely orchestra it's really good so that's good yeah big recommends for me i will say there were several parts where i like straight up was crying like it was like it gets emotional no questions asked it's so good uh will say though uh it is a slow start uh I would say just, like, don't worry so much about, like, side quests right away. You'll be able to go back and do them at any time. Even places that you think, there's no way I can go back to this place. There's no way I can go back. Don't worry. There's magic for that. You can. So, don't worry about it. Uh, But, yeah. uh, that's I've been playing that, and I also did uh recently start up uh, another playthrough of breath of the wild just a little bit i don't know if i'll like really commit to it but yeah for me it, it's it's really nice going back to it i think it's a very ripley replayable game uh but yeah anyway for you new folks kingdom hearts union is part of the podcast series called final fantasy and kingdom hearts union and is presented by the gaming union network we release every tuesday rotating each week with final fantasy union and uh we come out on the itunes store spotify KingdomHeartsUnion.com and Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at Cage Union. So we have a two-segment show today. We don't have news this episode, but we do have a segment that we're going to call Gaming in 2020, because basically there's really not that much new about Kingdom Hearts right now, but I think it is at least reasonable because to assume that the people in our audience don't only play Kingdom Hearts. If you do, I'm sorry, but maybe we'll uh, enlighten you on some other things you could be doing. But I also think it's, you know, since I'm assuming that our audience probably is also gamers too, we can talk about various topics related to uh, gaming in uh, the current year, 2020. And we'll also have a question segment. Uh, I will just say uh, real quick, I do want to address a couple of things that are like news newsy ish, but aren't actually news. So, uh, j- just to get it out of the way, um, uh, Xbox version of Kingdom Hearts Three Remind uh, releases on the day this episode comes out. Uh, on top of that, uh, there was an update. It was like Remind or Kingdom Hearts Three version one point ten, something like that. One point ten. There were like some bug fixes. Tro, you said something about like guards being better. Yeah, or something so like that. I, I've seen people say the guard uh, guarding against attacks was improved. 
Especially during okay. the mimic cut fights where the yeah. guard could like break or close okay. through and all that. Okay, so that 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 seems to be uh, the long and the short of it. Um, and related, something that I thought the uh, update would have stopped but didn't. Um, uh, you can uh, break out of bounds in the uh, Shibuya area. And uh, from what I've seen of people that have done it, it's actually pretty easy. It's like probably one of the easiest boundary breaks that I've seen uh, in a Kingdom Hearts level. It, From what I remember, it's just like you place one of those invisible blocks down that you can like stand characters on. You place one of those down and then you place like another one and then you possess the block to move it around. But then you exit the block at like the edge of the... Um, the ring that the fight occurs in. And then if you're at the edge, when you depossess it, like Sora falls down and then grabs onto the edge of the ledge. And then from there he can jump off and fly around if he wants to. So yeah, basically that's, that's the, uh, that's the uh, criteria for how to break out of bounds. And I did want to at least mention some of the stuff that was out there. There's a lot of advertisements you can, you can find it on, I think, uh, the 13th Vessel's Twitter, at 13th Vessel. I think that's the guy Yeah. Uh, that usually does that boundary-breaking stuff. You can see some of the textures there. It's a lot of anime-style uh, advertisements, and uh, there's a lot of like references to various things in the Fabula Nova Crystalla series. There's, like, Cocoon and... I don't know, things that seem Final Fantasy-ish and Crystal-related. But then in addition to that, there's a lot of also just Kingdom Hearts stuff. Like, there was literally uh, one of the signs that related to Meow Wow. You know, the Dream Eater Meow Wow. And there's a sign that advertises, uh, you know, uh, like trips. Like it's like a travel guide or something like that. And it has a literal photo of Destiny Islands. Like I'm sure some of that is just like jokes and not serious. But then to some extent just looking at that it's like you know we've talked about the possibility that the the Kingdom Hearts stuff uh, you know might be inextricably linked from from you know from, from the Verum Rex stuff. I think that pretty much to me says that it is. I don't know about you, Churro, but you know, we 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 played around with the idea that maybe Verum Rex could get his own IP, but at least for me, you know, seeing some of the stuff that's out there in Shibuya kind of makes me feel like nah, I I'm pretty sure this is probably I, 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 I just still, I still forever believe, connected. I still believe that um Kingdom Mars is basically a haven for all the stuff Namora wanted to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm with you because you know how you know Kingdom Hearts has you know its own town, Traverse Town, as a haven for those worlds that are lost. So yeah. pretty much, Kingdom Hearts is the game that's gonna be that haven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I I totally agree with you there. It's like you know we've mentioned in the past, but like Kingdom Hearts has basically become welcome to the Nomuraverse, the Nomura Cinematic Universe, more or less much yeah i'm hoping we get more of uh world ends with you stuff but uh so yeah i think that's pretty much all the uh i guess you could call news stuff it's not really news um 
you know, just as a, I guess, another reminder next month, there's going to be a lot of releases on Xbox for Kingdom Hearts, you know, 1.5, 2.5, 2.8, all that stuff is going to release on Xbox finally. So nothing too huge, but if you haven't played it and you are an Xbox owner, like, there's your opportunity, I guess. So, uh, yeah, so, yeah, this episode, Gaming in 2020, and a question segment in the way of announcements. You, As always, if you guys like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. Our Patreon executive producers for this episode are as follows. We've got Nahika Blaui. Alex and Rachel Troutman, who are at Akira Namejin, Guide Seeker, Billy Jackson, who's at underscore Billy Jackson, Chris Morales, Miles Ribbons, Michael Graham, David Calro, Barry Norton, who's at Nortron Zero, Chris Pope, who's at Dr. Pope181, Thorin Bullen, who's at Massacre23, and Churro, if you could take these last ones. We have Yannick Nod at Yannick Nod, Tori Patrick, Freya Stella, Fayez Bayali, Flipser Nusa, or Nuss, Lewis James, Tom Hughes, who is at Tom, Hughes, Tom underscore Hughes 22, Zach Duranto, Yam Potato, exclamation point, Rachel Casterston at Uber Noon Ray, Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels, Darren Matthews at Doomster 73, and Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J. And be a part of the show. Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. And we also have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash khuunionvids. And just so you know, if it wasn't clear already, Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind Spoilers are fair game, even though we basically started with a bunch of them. Sorry. Uh, But yeah, moving on to our first segment, Games in 2020. So uh, yeah, for this particular episode, I thought, you know, as I said before, you know, Kingdom Hearts news and stuff is a little light. So, uh, basically, in reaction to that, I decided, yeah, why not talk about stuff that's going on just in gaming in general, since it is related to what we do. And we are obviously also gamers outside of just being Kingdom Hearts fans. So,. I thought it would be interesting to talk about. And in in addition, I'm sure, you know, much like, you know, we are in this situation where, you know, there's not so much Kingdom Hearts stuff going on. Uh, You know, maybe for you guys, you might want some ideas for what else you could be trying out and what other games you want to play in in this coming year. So I want to talk to Churro a little bit about what he thinks and what I think. So let's do that. So first topic i want to talk about with gaming is so there's a lot of stuff coming out this year churro this is actually like a very stacked year for video games i mean it's got to be it's a new decade exactly it's a new decade right and not only is it a new decade but it's the end of this console generation which has been such a really great one so uh i know we talked about it a a bit in prior episodes but i want to get an idea uh, from you, Churro, what, you know, if you had to narrow it down to just three games, what are your top three games that you're most interested in playing this year? Um, Number one, of course, it's uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yep. It, you know, because I love the original game. I put so many hours back in the PS1 version, getting everything, uh, grinding yeah. the Chocobo races just so I can get the Golden Chocobo. Yep. You know, and then getting and then finally getting Knights of the Round and 
defeating the emerald and ruby weapon. So, you know, so that always has a special place. So that's number one. Number yep. two, obviously, is uh, Cyberpunk. Because yep, yep. I love... That's a big one. I love, you know, open world RPGs where, you know, you could do whatever you want. You know, it's kind of like Fallout, but a lot better. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then number three was... I, I, had, I had trouble deciding this one, but I'm going to go with The Last of Us 2. That's a good... That's a very strong one. Yeah, because... um. Basically, you know, they Naughty Dog could have left The Last of Us alone. You know, they could have just mm-hmm. ended it right there. But the fact that they're actually going to make a sequel is actually pretty good. I enjoyed the first one. It had a right amount of, you know, action and scares and, and yeah, good moments. And I was like, hmm, this should be good. This is going to be good. Yeah, totally agree. Like, that's. I don't know. Last of Us, you, you can never, you can never go wrong with Naughty Dog. You know they're always gonna do something great. I'm just like, man. Everything I've seen from the trailers, I have, I don't think I've seen all of them, but everything that I've seen, it just seems like so gruesome and hard to watch. Uh, just on how visceral and like real it is, but. I'm really excited for that to come out because, man, everything about it just looks so amazing, so beautiful, and so realistic. And yeah, I, I just can't, I, you know, anything Naughty Dog does is amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess for me, um, obviously, Seven Remake is there, but I think, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be a little bit different, try to, you know, avoid Seven Remake. Let's just assume that's my number zero, no question. I'm obviously going to play that. Um, I guess for me, big one is biggest one is probably um, Yakuza Like a Dragon, of course, which is uh, Yakuza Seven. And for me personally, I you know me being kind of new to the series, like I started playing it more recently in more recent years, probably in the last I want to say two years. Yeah, I think I first played it two years ago. Really fell in love with the series. Been playing a lot of the series, um, little by little over the past couple of years. And Yakuza Like a Dragon. It's basically the start of a new chapter. It's got a completely different main character. It took them seven years to get a new main character, just for reference, or seven games to get a brand new main character. Uh, games series has been around since two thousand five, um, but. Yeah, one really amazing thing about this is that they completely changed the uh, core gameplay mechanic for this particular game, which I think is like really ballsy and and really really interesting, really impressive. Because uh, basically, Yakuza used to be a beat 'em up, just like a brawler type game. Uh, it actually was originally, I believe, based on like technology from a fighting game that they. Uh, incorporated to making a a brawling type game with the original yakuza but now uh they've completely replaced that with i crap you not a turn-based rpg and not only is it a turn-based rpg set in the middle of tokyo and you're a yakuza guy fighting a bunch of yakuza people but it's straight up on purpose referencing dragon quest in the fact that Basically, the main character, the way he imagines 
the fights that he does, he imagines them as Dragon Quest battles. And so much so and that so that's why in this game when he plays or, or when you're when you're fighting as him, he imagines that they're Dragon Quest battles, and that's why it turns into a turn based setup. And then not only that, but he straight up name drops Dragon Quest. I guess Square Enix is okay, even though this is this is a Sega game. Like the way they've written it is it's specifically Dragon Quest. Like, because that's a real huge game series in Japan. I don't know what they used to call it, but in the game, like, there was at least one time, I think it might have been during Yakuza 0, because I think that was in set in 1988, when Dragon Quest was still pretty new, and there was literally a mission where there was, like, a little boy waiting in line, and somebody, like, stole his copy of not Dragon Quest. Like, they had some weird hokey name for it. But in in Yakuza 7, they actually will call it Dragon Quest. And, yeah, it's it's really cool. Like, I, don't, I haven't seen too much. I've been very good at avoiding spoilers. I saw the first couple of trailers, and that's it. The only, like, kind of hint that I saw to its styling is, like, during one battle, like, towards the end of a trailer... They were talking, you know, they were having a bunch of battles with, like, regular Yakuza grunts, which, you know, just, like, mafia guys, pretty much, and having this turn-based battle system. And, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. And then the boss comes out. And what the boss is, it's a, like, a, a steam shovel, like a for uh, not, not like a forklift, but like a, a steam shovel, you know, the, the crane-grabbing thing. And basically, that is a dragon. That's his world's version of a dragon because it's got the head and the grabby mouth thing being the arm and it roars and (laughs) it's like, you know, back in the day, you know, people talking about Earthbound being like, oh, it's like a RPG set in the real world. No, this is the real JRPG set in the real world where steam shovels are dragons and Yakuza guys are like orcs. Like, this is the real one. So that, to me, is, like, number one. I would say number two, and it's a very close number two, is going to be Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. Now, the reason that's not higher, even though I love Xenoblade Chronicles, one of my favorite games of all time, is that I've already played it. You know, it's a, it's, it's a, it's more, mostly just a port for me. But one thing that I'm extremely excited about is Xenoblade is one of those games that it's a really long, really amazing RPG, but there is this one part of Xenoblade that is one of the best things that is so consistent except for one part. So in Xenoblade, uh, unlike many JRPGs, if you see a location in Xenoblade in a cutscene it doesn't matter what it is, doesn't matter how far flung it seems. Pretty much every location you can see in a cutscene will be in the world somewhere that you can explore eventually. Maybe not soon, maybe not for like a really long time and maybe it won't even be that important. But pretty much every single location you see in that game you can go to like imagine in Kingdom Hearts, like so many, especially Kingdom Hearts three. There's so many locations we see in cutscenes that we never and probably will never go to uh, outside of cutscenes. 
but in Xenoblade, they go to just as just as many crazy locations, yet pretty much every single one, with the exception of one, has made it into the game as actual gameplay area location. Now, this one area, the reason it was not in there, you know, for gameplay reasons, was because it actually got cut. It actually was intended to be there. And not only was it cut because, you know, they just didn't have time to do it, but it was actually, it's actually still in the game data and people have hacked their way into that location. And that location is actually the largest location in the game. And it got cut from the original release of Xenoblade. And Xenoblade already has a bunch of huge areas. Like huge seamless areas that you can explore no problem. And somehow, even with all that stuff already there, the there was an area even larger than anything else that was in the game already. And that got cut from the game. But it has now been reintroduced, as far as we know, has now been reintroduced into Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. I have absolutely no idea how they could possibly mix it in. It's unclear where it would fit in the story, but somehow it's there. I really want to know what happens. I'm so excited to finally play that area. So there is actually new content in Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. I'm so excited. I can't recommend it enough. Uh, Definitely can't wait. So that's definitely my second. And then my third. Now that's a tough one. You got this. Because it's like, you know, I really want to say Persona 5 Scramble, but we don't even know if that's going to come out this year, right? Like, I mean, apart from Japan, right? So scramble may or may not come out this year because that's really up there for me because that's really exciting to me personally Mm, i guess i did fund psychonauts (laughs) 2 i don't know if that's like something i'm crazy excited for so i think i'll be i think i'll go with you churro and i'll put cyberpunk as my number three and i'll just say as someone who really enjoyed the witcher you know uh before before we did this uh before we started recording this uh churro we were talking about like you know a particular company that uh, that we would describe as oh how the mighty have fallen and that being bethesda so like imagine for a second like an elder scrolls game like, all right, so Witcher 3 is like the Elder Scrolls, but done even way better than the Elder Scrolls. So Cyberpunk, to me, kind of like how you, you kind of re- referred it to Fallout, it's almost like Fallout, but even better. Like, that's how I see the potential of what Cyberpunk could be. And everything that I hear about its game design is they really want to make it very free form and very like in an old school like western rpg style in the way that your choices actually matter and at least in my experience with the witcher that was the case and um the tabletop game this is based on uh you know the original cyberpunk you know tabletop game 
that tabletop game was like very similar to like a uh, like a Dungeons and Dragons type experience. And you know, anyone that knows about D and D, like you make your own adventure. So I'm really excited to see where it goes, and like I'm also excited to see finally uh, CD Projekt Red finally get a uh, like a proper budget because it's very clear they have a lot of money this time. And that has not always been the case. They really started, you know, as as the song says, they started from the bottom and now they're here. Yeah. So, I mean, hey, they got enough money to make Keanu Reeves a character, pretty much. So, like, they got Keanu Reeves money at least, and not and apparently Keanu Reeves, he's like, got a lot of lines, like, uh, like hours and hours and hours of lines because he's like this AI that's in your head apparently hmm. and apparently he liked he really liked the character so much that he was down to do even more like I don't know uh, so hey Keanu Reeves likes it so <laughs> clearly like Ke- I mean Keanu Reeves isn't the guy to just take a paycheck and run I wouldn't think but he like doubled down on this role, so I hey, mean, he, it's got to I mean, be worth something. He went on stage last year's yeah. E three. He went on stage. He went on the stage to like tell how cool it is, and you know, say that he's in the game. I mean, obviously, any other you know celebrity would do that, but you know, let's compare it, Churro, to a celebrity experience you witnessed, which was the Game Awards and everything related to that Fast and the Furious game. Yeah, you know, compare compare it what that was to what Keanu Reeves did and obviously what Keanu Reeves was for Cyberpunk feels a lot more genuine. Yeah, I mean of course, everything. I mean like Fast and Furious is, you know, a really long series, you know, of course. But like to me I felt that whole thing of introducing Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez to announce this game as their big secret at the yeah. end. Yeah. To me it feels kind of like desperation not, yeah it's really not genuine at all so i'll just say um uh in addition to to this list i, I want to get real quick churro if you have a, 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 one other recommendation but this is not a, it doesn't necessarily have to be a 2020 game doesn't necessarily have to have anything to do with 2020 but maybe like an underrated game that you think more people should play, a game that you love a lot, but you th- you kind of feel like not as many people have played it, a game that you think deserves more attention that shouldn't be skipped. What do you, you know, do you have any game that you can think of off the top of your head that fits that bill, a game that you love? I would say Persona 5 Royal. Mm. Because That's a good one. Because I know a lot of people have not played Persona 5. Yeah, since Persona Five Royal is the complete version of yeah, it's it, definitely like the best version you could possibly get of it, right? Yeah, you know, it adds you know a third semester to to go through. You know, it's that's pretty yep. much adding like another like a hundred hours of game. Yeah, you know. Now, so, uh, how much of it do you know of from the import? I, I mean, I, I know everything. Okay, so you know everything. Great. So here's here's uh, I'll I'll ask as a different kind of uh, gamer. I'll ask as someone who has played Persona Five already, because one of the big uh, 
I don't know, I guess difficulty uh, or, or big quote unquote stumbling blocks, I think for people like me would be that you got to replay all of Persona 5 again. Exactly. Which as much as I love Persona 5, you got to replay all of Persona 5 again. Like imagine, like I, me being a Kingdom Hearts fan, like imagine te- someone telling you, okay, Kingdom Hearts Remind is coming out, but to play Remind, you're going to have to replay all of Kingdom Hearts 3 to unlock Remind. You can't go based off a save you already have. You have to replay Remind. Yeah. Like, to me, if somebody told me that, I don't think I would make it. But, Churro, do you think that, even for a fan like me, do you think there's enough in Royal that is worth it? Yeah. I would say so. Because I will also say that unlike you, I did not replay Persona 5 even once. So it depends if you care about the storyline of Royal. <laughs> I mean, okay. of like of Persona 5. If you cared about this, if you, basically it just really I goes. I, and I actually I did really like the storyline of Persona 5, but I didn't I, I didn't have the time at the time to go through it. I'm just wondering, you know, you know, it, for you know, what what does it take to you know for for this to be like you know a reasonable game to get get into again for someone that's already played Persona Five? Um, uh, especially for in your case, if you haven't played yeah. it in a long time, it's almost it'll be, it'll, it'll be like playing it for the first time again. But then you're getting okay. extra stuff to it. Yeah, you know, there are there okay. are going to be extra scenes. There are going to be you know it's not just scenes and all that, but also combat upgrades. Yeah, uh, harder personas. You know, more challenges. You know, there's a uh, storyline updates with each, you know, palace. Okay. You know, there's, it's not just like things, it's not like uh, things are just thrown in there to fill up gaps. Yeah. Like how, you know, some parts of Remind is. But yeah, like yeah, they, yeah. they go all the way to show you how, you know, you know, what is one scene didn't make sense to how it does play out and then they'll add a little gotcha. bit needs they'll add a little bit you know new stuff here and there to kind of like bring the atmosphere more true to life you know like yeah like okay. they'll like, like they even up, made updates to like the environment you know like to actually show you you know it's not the same boring thing all the time it's like you know for example if it's like sakura season in japan you'll see the trees all decked okay. out you know in the in the you know the flowers that you that That's you cool. see blooming. It, it it actually actually updated like every little minor details to make it seem like you are part of that. Yeah, uh, I think yeah that 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 does seem interesting. So yeah, maybe like I'll give it a try. I don't know if I'll try it at launch because uh, while sucks. while I didn't, I haven't played it since the. English launch of Persona 5. I did recently uh play a little bit of it with someone in Japanese and uh we then decided this game is too long, let's watch the anime and then I watched the anime. So I'm a little bit too up to date right this second, but I think yeah, maybe next year I can give it a try. But um yeah, it it's it, it just stinks because they're still charging full price for it. Yeah, that's the, that's another thing. So I would say definitely if you're not in a hurry, in any hurry at all, just wait yeah. till it drops in price because I'm sure it's going to drop in price pretty fast. Yeah, but I, I will just say, yeah, ju- just to echo what you were saying, if anyone hasn't experienced Persona Five before 
absolutely no question, get Royal. Royal's yeah. the way to go. So, um, yeah, I think that's, uh, that is a great recommendation. I would say, uh, going off of that, um, yeah, uh, Dragon Quest Eleven probably, that's probably the most standalone thing I can recommend that I, I think maybe some of our fans haven't experienced, even though it, it, it it's obviously a big series, but at least in the West, Dragon Quest tends not to be so big. So, yeah, probably Dragon Quest Eleven for Switch. I, I, I've said quite a bit about it, um, but I think, yeah, if you give it a try and, uh, you know, just try to power through some of the more opening parts of the game, I think uh, pretty much any any RPG fan would really fall in love with it. It's, it. It is really good. Highly recommend it. So, yeah, I guess uh, next big topic that I want to get into is how do you feel about PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X? I guess the way to boil this down is like, Churro, do you, are you going to pick up PS5 or Xbox Series X at launch? Uh, depends on the pricing and what games are at launch. Cause, That's a good good point. Because normally, because I picked up the PS3 and PS4 at launch, and yeah. they didn't really have, I would say, decent enough titles. So, yeah, like, I, would I agree. felt like I just wasted my money. Like, especially on the PS3. So this one, I, yeah. I paid full I paid 700 over $700 on it. Yep. And that was during a time where I wasn't really making a lot of money at my job. Yep. Yep. So yeah, understandable. So I, so I just want to see what games are launching. If they're really worth it, then I'll pick it up. But if, if for example, Sony promises like backwards compatibility at the beginning, not waiting for an update, you know, then I that might even you know further make my purchase of getting that launch even more. You know, yeah, because you know sometimes they'll say, oh, we we're gonna promise this, but then you got to wait for a patch later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So yeah. That's understandable. I think for me, I, I'm I'm with you there. It's gonna depend a lot on what's available at launch, but I'm also kind of leaning towards I I might not get them this year, and I'll probably wait uh for the first like really big title that I really want to play on it. I would say at least for me, I I'm not necessarily a hundred percent like it's not a hundred percent a requirement for me that it needs to be a next gen exclusive game. It could even be a game that's just better on those platforms that I'm really interested in. Like I could see like if I was, if maybe if I was more interested in cyberpunk, I really am interested in cyberpunk, but you know, having a PC, I know it's probably best on PC anyway. So I'm not probably rushing to get it on, ps5 or xbox one x even if it's available at launch but you know something of that level you know for example if there was something of that level you know a gta 6 or you know some kind of kingdom hearts game that comes out or final fantasy you know let's say final fantasy 7 remake episode 2 whenever that comes out i could see myself you know getting a new console for that you know yeah but you know, I don't know if I'll do that at launch and I don't know what game that would be that would get me to, to move for further. I'll also say personally, I mean, I don't think this is all that big of a surprise. It's never not been this case, but 
I'm definitely feeling that of the two between the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, if I ever do get both, I feel like I'll end up getting the PS5 first. I don't know if you feel the same, Churro. Like, I, like at least for me, I got an Xbox One X recently, so... Yeah, I, I and did too I know, last year. Yeah, so, like, we just got Xbox One Xs, and Microsoft straight up is saying, oh, yeah, for the next, like, couple of years, like, pretty much everything release, everything we release is also going to be playable on uh, Xbox One X and just regular old Xbox One, so... I like mean, I believe it when I see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't know how well they're going to run on the older platforms, but, like... I don't know, at least for me, like, for example, with Halo Infinite. Like, I'm not that interested in Halo, but Halo Infinite looks kind of interesting, like an interesting sort of a reboot for the series. So towards that end, I kind of feel like, all right, well, that's kind of interesting. I might be interested in playing that. Wait, I have an Xbox One X that'll run that. And not only that, I have Game Pass, so I can get it pretty quick. Yep. And I don't have to pay anything extra for it. So why do I want an Xbox Series X? Oh, I don't. That's what it is. So at least for now, I don't see myself rushing to get an Xbox Series X. I don't know about you, Churro, but at least that to me kind of is the nail in the coffin for me this year of Xbox Series X. PS5, I'm convincible but not that convincible. I still see myself not getting it this year because I just don't see anything that is making me rush to get it. Yeah. So, yeah, it would take a really special game. But, uh, yeah, currently I don't know what that would be. Perhaps at E3 we'll start seeing what those games might be. Um, I don't know about Sony or, or you know wherever we'll see their stuff. But I mean, Churro, at least, at least back when the PS3 was, um, or not PS3, the PS4, at least in at least in the year that the PS4 was announced and released, while there weren't that many good titles that released in that year, we at least knew what titles we should be waiting for. Yeah, there was Final Fantasy 15, and we had Kingdom Hearts 3. We knew what titles we would be waiting for in that generation. So I'm hoping that in the same way, even if the games that we're really waiting for are still far out, I still want to know what they are. So hopefully we'll get some clues as to what those are. And I guess, yeah, last question I want to ask for this uh, particular segment. You can just give me a yes, no, simple answer. Um are we going to get anything solid, like any solid announcements for a non-mobile Kingdom Hearts game this year? What do you think, Jero? Like a solid says- announcement, like, like this game is coming for this platform. It has this title. Here's a teaser trailer. I would say yes, because... okay. Now, well, explanation. Now yes. that Kingdom Hearts three is released, Remind is done. You know, Kingdom Hearts three is done now. That's it. Yes. You know, you got seven remake coming out in April. Mm-hmm. They don't have any other bigger big games coming up besides Marvel Avengers, but I don't know how big you want to yeah. put that. 
Yeah. You know, you you know, so they need something to go off of. You know? Yes. So basically, if they want to surprise somebody, because remember, or not surprise somebody, but surprise their fans, they need to announce something, whether it's, you know, Final Fantasy or Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, so considering that you know, it's this year's last year was Kingdom Hearts's turn. This year's Final Fantasy VII's turn. So yep. what do you got going forward? It's a probably Good another point. Kingdom Hearts So you you drop this announcement of you know Dark Road, which is probably going to be more within you know the, the Xehanort saga, pretty much. Yep. While dropping hints towards you know Union Cross, and then Union Cross itself is still going to be dropping hints towards the next Kingdom Hearts game. Remember, Namora said that the next Kingdom Hearts game will not necessarily be Kingdom Hearts 4. Yes. So, basically, he does need, you know, with, you know, the total of, what, four Kingdom Hearts teams now there is? Yeah, there's a lot of teams with stuff in development, that's for so sure. So, I would say that we would find, see something actually sooner rather than later, considering that yeah. those teams have a very high, they have the advantage of working with Unreal Engine, which is, in you know, once you learn Unreal, it's a lot easier to make. Yep, yep. It's a lot easier to make. And also, if, you know, going off of what you're saying, you know, with the four teams, if they're all, well, maybe not all, you know, because some of them are going to be mobile teams, but let's say you got two of those games being like console quality games. If they're both using Unreal Engine, they can share assets, you know, because that, that, that was what was so great about you know prior the prior generation of kingdom hearts games was that they would all share assets like instead of making a bunch of new locations and characters they would just use characters and locations they've already had before so and they only need to focus on making stuff that's new for that game so yeah there's definitely a lot of uh i'll also point out churro that um the last time we were in this kind of situation where we didn't know when the next big Kingdom Hearts game was coming. The last time I can think of that reminds me of that, eh, remind, would be back in 2012 when Dream Drop Distance just released. And then the very next year, that's when we got the announcement for Kingdom Hearts 3. It was very, like, early, like, really, really early, and it was still very, like, unclear what it was about. But we got the announcement as basic as it was. So I'm going to agree with you, Churro. I think this year, possibly. And also last time, you got to remember last time it was also the same situation where it was at the beginning of a console generation. Like, I think we can agree, Churro, that like whenever Kingdom Hearts 4 comes out, that thing's going to be a next gen game. That's not going to yeah. come out on PS4. Xbox yeah, of course not. Whatever. And and not only that, at the time that it will come out, it'll be way past the time that, you know, cross-gen games are okay. Like, remember with PlayStation 4, like, cross-gen games were still happening, you know, up until, like, 2015. But if you were doing a cross-gen game in, like, 2016, people are giving you weird looks. Like, that, that was not cool. Everybody was fully you know, PlayStation 4, Xbox One at that point. So I think by the time uh, Kingdom Hearts 4 finally does come out, it'll definitely be in that time period for the PS5 and Xbox Series X where everybody is current gen and nobody is in in the PlayStation 4 generation anymore. 
So, yeah, considering that, like, you know, since it's the beginning of the generation, like, this could be an opportunity to announce that. Uh, maybe not necessarily Kingdom Hearts 4, but the next Kingdom Hearts, if it's the Kyrie game, if it's a Riku game, if it's a Kyrie, Riku, and Birth by Sleep trio game, who knows? Like, uh, it, it's it's a tough t- tough thing to see exactly what the next title's going to be, but I agree with you, Chur. I think this might be the year to get that. I'll also say just, you know, since we're talking about the, you know, since we're kind of in a general gaming topic, I personally think there's a high chance uh, Final Fantasy 16 might be announced this year, and I think that's the game Naoki Yoshida has been working on, apart from Final Fantasy 14. Because I'm sure you've seen Chiro. You know, they've been hiring like crazy for yeah. whatever Naoki Yoshida's like next gen. They specifically call it a next gen HD RPG for consoles. And at least in my mind, and based on the concept art, which looks very fine, uh, very fantasy to me, my guess is that's FF16. Uh, they were so happy with what he did with A Realm Reborn, how he saved Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah. They now trust him to do sixteen Justice. And I agree. I think that's the man for the job. I think he's one of the most qualified people to to handle a new Final Fantasy. I think he's proven himself. So maybe, maybe there's a chance we'll get it this year. But uh, anyway, so now moving on to the question segment. Our first question comes from Jeremy Lilliford, and they they ask, uh, how would you feel about a Final Fantasy VII remake-style episodic series of Kingdom Hearts games? The Kingdom Hearts games are already tightly connected, but how would you feel about a single Kingdom Hearts adventure that is told over the course of several games. Let's say three. That would backfire so hard because there's already <laughs> there's already a lot of people complaining about how Remind should have been in the base game already. Yeah. So releasing something like this would backfire so hard. It yeah. No, it should not do it. it. They should. I mean, Kingdom Hearts has already been you know developing itself in, with each game that it comes out. You know, doesn't matter which mm-hmm. platform it's on. It's already they've already told full games in each one, so yep. No, why, why, you know, fix something that ain't broken? Yeah. Okay. What if Churro, and I've got a reasoning potentially for why this could be. What if instead of doing it like this, where it's you know one Kingdom Hearts adventure over the course of several games, what if instead it's more in the lines of like a. Uh, Life is Strange, where it's episodic, but it's releasing periodically. And by the time all the episodes are out, it's a full game, but it's releasing in chunks. Now, the reasoning and the benefit that I'm going to put out for this is that with the idea of the episodes, as opposed to uh, releasing it all at once, is you can get the new Kingdom Hearts content a lot more regularly and a lot more frequently, and you don't have to wait, you know, literally with Kingdom Hearts 3, we waited from uh, 2013 to 2019, so, you know, assuming it would be to avoid that situation again, you know, let's say every year you got a new episode, so to speak, and by the end of it. 
as much as I would love that, game. I still wouldn't like that because it feels like I'm not, you know, getting a full game for what I pay for. You know, it's like I feel like it's kind of like a cheap version mm-hmm. just to throw out to keep us entertained. Yeah, you know, it's. I kind of feel like by the end of it, you would have the game. By the end of it, it would be that game that you were waiting for. Maybe even bigger, like possibly. But then, but then after you beat, like if it's gonna be in yeah. chunks, then you would beat it so fast. Then you guess what? You're still there waiting. <laughs> yeah, you're still gonna wait no matter what. Yeah, I will say one thing that I do like better about that. Now, I, I I'll, I'll just say I agree with you, Chara. I actually wouldn't want this on the whole, but. I do see one benefit beyond just the selfish, um, the selfish, uh, you know, desire to have Kingdom Hearts stuff all the time, like more frequently. The one thing that I really see that's like a nicer about it, and then we see it with um, with Union Cross, and I I do see it generally as a good thing, is the idea that we're all going at the story at the same pace. One thing that I really hate about uh, game releases that happen all at once is that, you know, I know I know a lot of people felt this way, and I think it's because some of them are so young, and hey, to be fair, like, it, it's, took, it's taken a long time. So this might be the first game they've ever experienced where they had to wait a long time and then the game finally came out. I know for a lot of people, when Kingdom Hearts 3 finally came out and they played it and then they were done with it, they were like, oh, it's over. Like, cause they waited so many years and then for all, for it all to be done, like, yeah, they like just chowed through it in a weekend and that's it. And then like, what? It's over? After all this, that was it? Like, I, I've genuinely heard people with that reaction. I kind of feel like with Union Cross, and I'm not saying I I genuinely think it should be more like Union Cross. I'm just saying there's kind of a nice element that, you know, with a more episodic kind of experience, everybody's experiencing it at the same pace. And, you know, we can all enjoy the mystery as it goes on and finally wraps up you know, at a certain point, it's kind of like, you know, look, you know, let's, let's, you know, not talk about kingdom hearts for a second. Look at the, like the Marvel cinematic universe. Like everybody really enjoyed the, the ride up to end game. Who knows where it's going to go after this, but the ride up to end game, you know, every year, you know, you get your next cool Marvel movie, assuming they're cool Marvel movies. And, you know, it all builds up and everybody is enjoying this adventure at the same pace and little by little. And we're getting different revelations here and there. And it all builds up to this big thing at the end. Um, I don't know. I'm not saying I necessarily want this for Kingdom Hearts or that Kingdom Hearts is the series to take this on. I'm just saying it's kind of interesting to think about. But I would say on the whole, Churro, I'm I'm with you. I, I wouldn't want it. I think the current method is fine. Yep. So, uh, yeah, sure. If you want to take this next one, next one's by Joseph Robertson. And they asked, what do you think happened to selfie Titus and Waka and Kingdom Hearts three? They didn't even appear in the updated ending. Do you think tomorrow forgot about them or are they off doing something important? Maybe return their own final fantasy worlds or join safer on his trip. Uh, yeah, I think they're doing something very important, something very important that all, young possibly 17 year old children should be doing they're in school 
studying and doing their homework, getting an education. Unlike these hooligans, Sora, Riku, and Kairi, skipping school. Those hooligans. <laughs> that's what. That's, so canon wise, that's what I think they're doing. I literally think they're just going to school. I think that's literally all they're doing. But uh, Nomura wise and practically speaking wise, uh, I just think yeah. Uh, do I think he forgot about them? No, I just think he just hasn't thought of anything important for them to do to interact with the story. I, I mean, mean even, they're minor characters. <laughs> yeah. Even in Kingdom Hearts 1, there were minor characters. They had nothing to do with the plot in Kingdom Hearts 1. And then in Kingdom Hearts 2, Selfie was kind of that, like... I would say Selfie was slightly elevated in Kingdom Hearts 2. Only slightly, because she was Kyrie's friend, and she was there when Kyrie sent the letter that appears back in the ending and that's about it so no i don't think there's this grand mystery of what happened to them i just think they were really not so important and you know they're just tetsuya nomura characters and two of those characters were in the game tetsuya nomura had just worked on so that's probably why they were included selfie I think that's just to balance the cast. So, no, I don't think there's anything we're missing. Chiro, do you, do you have any ideas about Selfie, Titus, and Waka? I mean, they're they're just doing what, like you said, normal teenagers do. Just go to school and yeah. have fun in their own thing. I mean, honestly, I don't even think they even realize that, you know, Sorariki and Kairi are off on this adventure. Yeah, they might not even know. It didn't seem like uh, Selfie really knew, so... Yeah, basically, like, when they had their conversation, you know, with Kyrie and, you know, on the uh, home islands, it's basically, you know, she just said, hey, you know, Tita and Waka are too busy with their game. Yeah. So, basically, you know, I'm, I mean, they're, they're, they're both, like, I'm guessing they're both jocks in their school, so yeah. they gotta do whatever it is they do, you know? Yeah. They're just not that important. <laughs> they're just minor yeah. characters. It's not that important. I would agree with that sentiment. I will say, though, I would appreciate in the future if it would ever be possible to, like, tone down, like, once, I don't know, I I was hoping it would happen after the end of the Xehanort saga, but I I was hoping that at some point, once all the tension and all the craziness is resolved, can we have a more chill Kingdom Hearts universe where it's, like, reasonable to go and hang out with my friends, Selfie, Titus, and Waka, or at the very least have like a chill time in destiny islands like kingdom hearts is always go 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 and no stopping like i just wish there could be like a more like a different style of kingdom hearts story like it's always like about defeating the big bad like what if instead of that sort of story what if it was more of an adventure and it's like going to new worlds and discovering things and you know, if if there's trouble when you get there, you help them. But then once that's over, you move on to the next thing. And, you know, I think One Piece is like that. You know, my understanding of One Piece is that Luffy just kind of goes on adventures. And, yeah, he's got the overarching idea that he wants to find the, the treasure, whatever thing he's looking for. But, like, overall, he's just kind of going on his adventure looking for that and then you know, he gets up to all these hijinks on the way. Like, I could go for a, an arc of Kingdom Hearts that's more like that. It's more chill and not so worried about this, like, big bad guy. 
all the time. But uh, maybe that's just me. All right, this next question. This is a really simple one. This comes from Emmy Chan, and Emmy asks, Will Kingdom Hearts ever get a definitive ending? Yes, whenever either A, Disney doesn't want to play ball anymore, or B, whenever Nomura gets tired of this. Yeah, I think that's a good call. I mean, the closest the closest we ever got to a definitive ending was Kingdom Hearts 2. <laughs> yep. Yeah, if you want a, if you want a definitive ending, you can decide for yourself that Kingdom Hearts 2 is the end, so I mean, nobody's stopping you. I, it had, I mean, it's weird because like Nomura said, when the Kingdom Hearts 1 ended, he left it open-ended because of you know, a possibility of a sequel because he didn't, not even he knew that a sequel was going to happen. Yep. And then, you know, Chain of Memories happened, and Kingdom Hearts 2 happened, and now, you know, everybody's back home. You yep. know, everybody's all happy. But then, like, at the end of course, Nomura had to be like, nope. What's that message in the bottle? Yep. The, he, I, I always feel like, even if he does, even if he is ever done, done with, with the series, I always feel churro that he'll probably still leave that sort of thing in there like they'll still leave something one last just, thing a message in a bottle or something i i still think he'll leave it open-ended regardless because he you never know he might want to come back to it yep so uh, i'm i'm with you there churro and uh churro if you want to take this last question this is from detuned melody and they write if you could have any three kingdom hearts wishes granted what would they be Okay, so my number one is, like, super easy, playable deep dive. My number two, also super easy. I And I've brought this up before. I'll keep bringing it up. I want a game that is functionally identical to how Yakuza 0 is for the Kingdom Hearts series. Yakuza 0, for anybody that wants to know, it is a game that was released way after, like even after Yakuza 5, but it serves as the new entry point to the series and is designed for new fans to join the series. It's a perfect new place, and if you ask any Yakuza fan where to start, they're pretty much unequivocally going to tell you start with zero there was literally just this past weekend an uh a thread on reset era that was hey i was thinking about getting into the yakuza series but where do i start and it was nothing but people saying zero zero start with zero zero is the best place zero 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 and then like the only message that i saw that was a combo breaker was this is actually the first time i've ever seen anything be unequivocally agreed upon on this forum. I've never seen anybody agree, any thread have so much agreeance on this forum. Which, if you guys know Reset Era or how it used to be in, on NeoGAF, that never happens. There's never consensus on that forum. I don't care what opinion you hold, there are at least three people that have the exact opposite opinion of you and hold it extremely strongly against what you think so for it to be that strong that to me is impressive so i want that kind of a game where it's like so obvious this is a much better place to start than kingdom hearts one which is hard because kingdom hearts is a really good starting point of the series 
I want something to replace Kingdom Hearts 1 as the new starting point of the series. That I can say, and I know this would be great for you too, Churro, if anybody comes up to me that has never played Kingdom Hearts before and they're interested, I want to be able to, when they ask me, do I need to start at the very beginning? I can tell them, no, don't start there. Start at this newer game that's more modern that you can enjoy. And then if you decide after that that you really like the series, absolutely, go back. Kingdom Hearts 1's great. Go go play from there. After you've played this new game that gives you a taste of where we're at with Kingdom Hearts. I would personally want that. That's my second wish. My third wish. Sora and Kyrie smooching. I want it to be such a, a thing that I want Sora and Kyrie to be permanent party members and to have a smooch mechanic button where instead of relying on stupid Donald to heal me, I can smooch Kyrie for extra HP. Okay, that's a bad idea. Okay. Real, real, real answer is uh, I just want, I just want my kiss. Is that too much to ask? It might be too much to ask, but if it is, if it isn't, uh, that's that's my third wish. Churro, what are your three Kingdom Hearts wishes that you would want granted? Well, for one, release my first wish would be release the damn soundtrack when the game is out. Yes, let's get the Kingdom Hearts three soundtrack. And not just Kingdom Hearts 3, but like any other soundtrack going forward. Yes, or please. release them on streaming music sites like Spotify and Pandora and all that. Yes. Make them available when the game is out. Come on. But don't make them available before the game is out because exactly. a lot of the titles are spoilers. Yes. Remember you that know, stupid situation with Kingdom Hearts 2 where we had the full list? Yes. Ugh. I remember that. That was so, so bad. Not too early and not too late. I would say at least a week after game's release. That way exactly. people get a chance to play the game. Yeah. It's fine if it comes out a little bit after. Just make sure it comes out. Okay. And then what are your other two wishes? Second wish would be, like Final Fantasy VII Remake, being able to switch any party member on the fly. Ooh. I like that. Do you want to play as Donald and Goofy? Donald and Goofy, dude. Oh, yeah. Any other Disney character, you know. That would be so cool. God, just being able to, like, you know, switch to Mickey and just play him for a while, then switch back to, like, then switch to Riku and then Kyrie yep. or Axel. And just... God, I would love that. So, like, because basically when you when you play through Remind and you get through, like, those parts where you can choose between Sora and, you know, whoever else you're doing. Yeah. Like, it's like, you know, it's fun to play as them, but, like, sometimes, you know, you would love to switch back to Sora and then throw off a couple of like spells and then switch back. Yep. You know. So I would really like it also if each character, let's say, you know, there was hypothetically a game where all the keyblade wielders were together or or even with like um let's say with the birth by sleep trio. Let's say they were a party like and, and you could switch between the three. It would be cool if like they kind of had almost like MMO style roles like you would have one that's kind of like a buffing or healing type one and one that's more DPS and you know basically different roles and then that would give you a reason to want to switch to one of the other ones and can like imagine, use them for a different a, thing. Can you have imagine a side story of playing the Breath by Sleep trio in the realm of darkness searching for Sora? 
That would be so dope. I'm sure they'll find something out there. Yeah. That'd be so cool. I'm I'm hoping they get their game, and I hope they stay together. They deserve it. You know, they've been a thing for so long, and they haven't gotten a game where they could all be together, apart from the couple of boss fights we had in Perth yeah. Sleep. So, yeah, I, I'm totally down with that. And sure, I think you have one more wish. My last wish would have... It doesn't have to be, like, sophisticated. Like, it could be even something as simple as, say, for example, like, the limit cut where, you know, how... um. Sid was putting together a program, you know, to, to try to find Sora, and, and, and it ends up being Limit Cut, which is you fight the data bosses. Yep. Something like that, but with all the bosses from all the games. Yep. Replayed yep. with harder difficulty, you know, with new moves, you know, and even adding a final option, which is a boss rush, where you just play each boss consecutively without, you know, break in between, see yep. how far you get. I'm down for the whole idea of a uh, quote-unquote memory mode where, yeah, you can experience those. Because if they're not going to go back and remake all the games, like, at least remake a the best hits, so to speak. Yeah, because, you know, I would love to redo, like, some of the boss fights in the older games, you know, just, just so I can, with updated, yeah. like, graphics and style. Yep. You know, so. I'll, I'll just say slightly pushing that request just a little further. Also including before the before and after cutscenes, not just the boss fight raw, but just like have the cutscene before fully remade and the cutscene after you beat them. Have that Ooh. boss fight, beautiful. I'm I'm there. There orchestral there was, music too. There Woo! was one wish. I, I I was gonna say something else, like another yeah. wish, but uh, what was I gonna say? God, it just came to me. Now it left. Oh my god. Oh, remember uh, Nomura mentioned after the announcement of Kingdom Hearts 3, he was looking at a multiplayer mode. Oh, Let, yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. give us an actual multiplayer mode. Yeah, I would I would totally be down with, like, you know, let's... If we're going to do a Kingdom Hearts multiplayer, let's think about what would be good for it. Like, I'm still down with... I know it sounds crazy. I'm down with a Keyblade War Battle Royale. I think, like... It is crazy, I agree, but if Kingdom Hearts was ever to do a Battle Royale, we at least have a story context that kind of makes sense. Yeah. So, it's a possibility. And we don't know how long the Keyblade War lasted. Like, it could have lasted for a while, so. Can you imagine just them just porting Union Crossover, but making it more console friendly? And so you you gotta actually oh, be here. I would here. love it. You have like a hub where it's just like the union you're in, and you get to talk with other players and stuff. So when you go out into the field, it's kind of like a Monster Hunter. Mm-hmm. How you know you have a hub, and then you just well, then you just do missions, and then you're out there in the field doing missions, and you come back. Yep. And then then like then like there's there are like a then you you know have the other PvP, where mm-hmm. it's like it's basically you fight against a group of other, uh, from other players from other unions. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of ways that like they could make that kind of a game experience a lot more palatable. There could be you know a Kingdom Hearts MMO. I could I could see that being a possibility. You know, seeing how uh, you know, uh, Realm Reborn made things work for Final Fantasy 14. I mean, I I now again trust Square Enix to do an MMO 
I don't know if Kingdom Hearts is the best place to do it, but it's a possibility. They could do it. And there are at least story situations that make sense that it would be like that because, you know, technically Kingdom Hearts Union Cross is kind of already like that. So they could take it to the next level if they really wanted to. So, uh, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up uh, the questions for this episode. The music for this episode is a great cover of the Gummy Ship themes from Kingdom Hearts 1 on uh, guitar. This is from Lenny Letterman on YouTube, so definitely check him out. He's got some other covers out there as well. Our next episode of Kingdom Hearts Union is scheduled for the 10th of March. As always, if you guys like the show, please subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes Store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts and we're number one. And of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, Spotify, or Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at KHUnion. And if you have any questions to send us for the question segment, please send us your questions to KHUQuestions at gmail.com. All right, Churro, it is that time again. It is goodbye time. Is it? Yep, we made it. Who knew? Hey, who knew we could make something out of nothing? Pretty much. Uh, I'm hoping there'll be some news for Dark Road soon, but we'll have to see uh, when that comes out. Watch it come out like right after we record this. I know, right? That's how it always um, happens. I'm hoping I'm going to PAX East at the end of the month, which is in Boston. My first time in Boston. Sweet. I'm hoping I'm hoping they give us something there, you know. I think there's a chance. I mean, they did say spring 2020, and it's it's literally almost spring 2020. So yeah, and they said that more information would be available mid February, and we are mid February right now. Yep. So we'll have to see. All right. Well, Charles, say goodbyes. Bye, guys. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. And I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production.